0: Hello, and welcome back to Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and today we have a very special guest in David Faraday, one of golf's biggest personalities. You know, a couple months ago, David ended a 19-year relationship with CBS, and he became a free agent, so to speak. And in the world of golf, it's kind of funny because we don't really have free agents with players switching teams, and so, you know, this was pretty exciting, and for a couple weeks, David was kind of like the LeBron James of golf, but... uh, Eventually, he ended up getting scooped up by NBC, and now we look forward to seeing what he's going to do at that network. Uh, And so right now, I'm going to welcome in Joel Beal, who recently spoke to David, and I'll I'll just start by asking you, Joel, what makes him so popular?
1: Clearly, his humor is a major part, Uh, the fact that that humor doesn't seem forced. Also, I don't think it's the only part, which I think audiences appreciate that, that he's a very multidimensional guy. There's also a spirit to his voice. He's 57 years old. He's been in the game as either a player or announcer for 40 years. You'd think he'd be a little jaded or worn down by the process, but that twinkle has not been diminished in his eyes. Uh, he, he's the, I think the fans appreciate that type of fervor and passion for, from someone in that field.
0: Yeah, he, he certainly does have a special spirit that he adds to the broadcast. He, he's great to watch. and I mean, let's face it, the guy is a one-man show, literally. He goes around the country uh, doing up performances. He's already got a fantastic interview show Faraday that runs on the golf channel. Uh, so yeah, like you mentioned, he's just so versatile and, uh, his addition makes NBC, which I already thought was the best TV team in golf, even better.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think Dan Hicks is one of the more underrated guys, not only in golf play by play, but just in any play by play fast in the sports theater. Uh, yeah, Faraday's joining Johnny Miller, Gary Cook, Roger Malfi, Peter Jacobson. It's a very formidable crew. NBC really struck gold with this signing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I can't wait to see the shenanigans that uh, David and Raj pull on the course as kind of this dynamic duo of on-course reporters. But I was wondering, when you spoke to David, uh, did you get any hints of any uh, special guests maybe on his interview show this year?
1: I think the big, you know, the white whale – is Tiger Woods. He kept alluding to it in the sense of, he would always preface it that he's not currently on the itinerary, but if you think about all the things that have happened in Woods' camp with the with the injuries and definitely starting to fade from the spotlight a little bit, you you think that it's going to be a perfect storm for this might be his platform to come out and be a little bit more personal than we've seen Tiger in the past, and, and Faraday seems not only confident, but th- there seems to be a conviction that this is going to happen, so we, we've talked about, you know, off podcast before how there's definitely a rapport between Faraday and Woods, which I think can bring out the best in Tiger. So I think that is something we can really look forward to going forward.
0: Definitely. I think we could all look forward to Tiger being on that show. Yeah, you're right. They, they seem to get along great. I mean, the, these two make fart jokes on the golf course together. So and, and certainly he's one of the few members of the media that Tiger gets along with. So again, that just shows you uh, David's likability there. But, uh, okay, let's uh, hear what David has to say. And and for that, I'm going to kick it back to you, Joel, for your talk with David Faraday.
2: So, David, I was plowing through my DVR recently when I came across your interview with John Daly, which, for those who haven't seen the Faraday episode, features JD hitting a ball that was teed from your mouth, um, which I've always wanted to ask this, David. What the hell were you thinking?
3: (laughs) Yeah, um well, and, and I think they showed him uh, hitting it off the beer can first, which didn't go as well. But, uh, you know, that's one of those things, like bouncing it up and down, uh, the, the ball on, on the face of the sandwich. Every pro, you know, would, uh, you know, can do that. And, I mean, I've known Johnny for, for the best part of 30 years. And, uh, you know, I was pretty sure he would top it rather than hit it fat. <laughs> <laughs> The hard part about that was actually uh, making it uh, steady enough to hold the tea between my teeth.
2: The thing mm-hmm. I loved about that episode, um, and I think this actually applies to all your interviews, is that you do an amazing job of humanizing your guests. You know, you're really showing the audience a side of that person we didn't know. Um, when when you go into it, these interviews, is that one of your objectives, or is this more of just like a byproduct of your rapport, even your curiosity with that guest?
3: Well, I, mean, I think it's probably a combination. But I, thank you. I, I love to hear that. Um, you know that. Uh, you know that people notice that. My favorite interviews are the ones where you know maybe the, the public has a perception of somebody that, that I, I know uh, you know should be different. Someone like a Jim Furyk or a David Duval or Sergio Garcia, um, where I can show a side of them that perhaps they're they're not familiar with. But those are my favorite ones.
2: Kind of sticking with that sentiment, I'm sure you have a wish list of potential guests. Is, is there someone you have in mind that you feel is maybe misconstrued by the public that you want to say, man, if you guys only knew the truth about this person that you want to have on the show?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, Tiger is the one that jumps out, uh, you know, on that list. And uh, I I want to be able to, uh, you know, show people the the kid that uh, I watched from the minute he turned pro And, uh, you know, had so much fun earlier on. You know, the the, the best club in his bag was The Smile. uh, And he just lit up the screen uh, in the early days, you know, before we wore him out. Uh, You know, following him from the parking lot, you know, to the locker room and, you know, from the scorer's uh, area, you know, to the press conference and then back to the parking lot. You know, we just... uh, Mm -hmm. gave him no life really and and, you know we're still doing it to to this stage so i mean i'm looking forward to getting tiger on and and hopefully in a place where he can be you know who i
2: know him to be your show was just renewed in your new deal um, which also brought you from cbs to nbc was there anything in particular that spurred this move
3: i I think you know I, i tend to do something different every 20 years i mean i played golf for a living um you know, for 20 years. And then at CBS, you know, pretty much the same thing. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a different challenge. Uh, and something that stretches me, you know, with, uh, the Olympics coming up and I get to do the Ryder cup and I get to do the British open. It's just different. And, uh, you know, something I'm really looking forward to, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back to work and, uh, Annoying Maltby and disagreeing with Johnny, <laughs> you know. It's hard to pass up that opportunity. Um, yeah. I
2: mean, Chuck, what, what was the uh, hardest part about saying goodbye to CBS?
3: It, the people, you know, I, I've got so many great friends, you know, so many people I love over there that have, uh, you know, and, and they closed ranks behind me on on, on many occasions. I, I, I've got issues <laughs> and uh <laughs> And there were times where I was, you know, too ill, uh, you know, to work. And uh, But I worked, you know, and people just shored me up. Uh, I really looked after me over the years. So uh, there's, uh, I, I've got so many great friends there, you know, from Sean McManus and, and Leslie Moonves, who, has, you know, have been so supportive mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years, and McCord, you know. It just, uh, you know, the whole broadcast crew, you know, production it's just just leaving the, the people, Well, that, that was really the hard part. There, there's nothing really that I'll miss, uh, you know, in terms of, of the golf side of it. But uh, it, it's really about the people.
2: You just alluded to um, NBC's schedule, which did a tremendous schedule this season. Um, you mentioned the adding the British Open Olympics along with their traditional spots, to the Players and Ryder Cup. Um, from what you've gathered, what seems to be the early opinion among players regarding the Olympics?
3: You know the success of, of any event. I, I mean, as you know, is just uh, you know how invested the players are uh, in it. Whether it's the FedEx Cup or uh, you know the President Cup or the Ryder Cup, uh, you know the, the the real the really successful events. I mean, if you take the Ryder Cup as an example, I mean for for me there are really only two real trophies left in, in sports. Well, maybe three if you include the uh, Iditarod. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where, where nothing matters except the trophy, uh, it would be the Stanley Cup and the Ryder Cup. You know, it's not about money. It's not about anything except getting your hands on that trophy. Uh, I think, you know, an Olympic gold is in that same same category for golfers. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, after this, this... uh Upcoming Olympics, it'll be a whole lot more important to them when they see what it's like, you know, to play in the event. The
2: narrative in golf at the moment is this youth movement, which not only at the top, but I think you've seen the last few weeks, the young guys having success during the fall schedule. Uh, I know we have a bad habit of hyperbolizing everything nowadays, but for the life of me, I can't remember the state of golf being as bright as it is right now. Um, to you, is this the best level of young talent in terms of stupasars and deaths that we, we've seen in a while in golf? Well, it,
3: there are two things sort of come to mind for me uh, when when you bring this up. Uh, the first is, yeah, I mean, you're right. We, we've got, I mean, it's harder to win than it's ever been. The, the strength and depth out there, these young players, you know, from obviously at the top, you know, you've got two kids there, Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, Um, and you can throw in Jason Day as well. It's what other sport can you think of where, you know, you've got, you've got three players at the very top who are such quality individuals? You know, I mean, they're just such nice people. I mean, you're supposed to be an asshole uh, if you're, you know, at the top of anything, whether it's a business or a sport or, or, you know, whatever. We've got, you know, kids that are just amazing, uh, you know, on and off the golf course. But I think the reason that they're there is Tiger Woods. Uh, they were eight, nine, ten years old, whatever. You know, when Tiger was at his peak, that, that uh, and. and my children won't see golf like that. Their children may not see golf uh, that over that ten or twelve-year period that, that he played. I mean, he, he reinvented the game. He made it, you know, so much more popular and brought so much more money into the game. You know, and I think that's why it's in the, you know, the position it is. It's the it's the best it's ever been. Uh, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I think it's just uh, it's in a phenomenal place. Golf.
2: Uh, David, thanks for your time. Before you leave, do you mind telling us a little bit about your uh, partnership with Hyundai?
3: Yeah. Um, You know, it's been kind of fun, actually. It's not exactly hard work for me. I've uh, uh, got to do a couple of commercials uh, in L.A., which was fun, and uh, I I go to Las Vegas every year to do their uh, Hyundai Invitational Finals, Um, and uh, then I have to go to Maui. (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad life. For the Tournament of Champions. And, uh, you know, this is really a a, a cool thing that they're running. I don't think uh, I've I've heard of a contest like it, you know, where the winner, and it's just a draw, uh, you know, go to HyundaiGolf.com and uh, to play in three Pro-Ams in January uh, and three separate tournaments. And in in the Tournament of Champions, the winner gets to play with, you know, a, a winner from last year, Guaranteed. And for the three events, they get a Hyundai Genesis and a set of clubs, and you know the draw party. uh, You know, I mean, it really is a cool thing.
2: David, thank you for being very gracious with your time. Um, We definitely enjoyed it. Um, Get better soon, and we can't wait to see you back on the course.
3: All right, thanks a lot, Joel.
0: That does it for this edition of the Golf Digest Podcast. Thanks again to David Faraday for joining us, and please check back next week to see who our guest is. In the meantime. Head on over to GolfDigest.com for all your golf news and needs.